This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. All right, thank you. Good morning. It's good to see everybody out. You oared your way right to church here this morning. So bless all of you. I see the Cowboy fans are out in force, believing God for a miracle. So, you know, praise the Lord. Whatever it takes to get people to church. Just kidding, okay? Actually, I could care less who wins, so bless both sides. If you need a Bible, why don't you raise your hand real high, get it up with you. We will begin in Psalm 23, and I encourage you to get a marker, something to keep you there, because we'll go back and forth. We'll go from Psalm 23 to John chapter 10. Now, when you talk about Psalm 23, this was a personal faith about King David's life. It was a testimony about God's faithfulness during discouraging and also dangerous times. And when you look at King David's life, he went from problems and pains to victory. But yet he, he never gave up on God. And, and what a testimony is what this is. And so with each one of us, we live in very complex times. But understand this, the good shepherd hadn't changed. God's still on the throne, and so we want to break this down a little bit today. I don't know how many weeks we'll be on it. We'll see how far again we go each day. Begin with me, Psalm 23, verse number 1. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. And I believe to a degree, King David goes back to when he was a young boy in his teenage years where he was a shepherd, and he was in charge of the the sheep. And he understood about how frail they were. And when you study about sheep, many people say they're stupid. And that's why God created sheep so he can compare them with people. And they need someone to lead them and guide them. And so King David says, the Lord. The Hebrew says Yahweh. The Tree of Life version says Yahweh. The Good Shepherd. And so when you see this right here, the word my, the little bitty pronoun, King David makes it very personal. The Lord is my shepherd. And maybe you've read this psalm before. Maybe you've said this. Maybe this was your confession or your affirmation. But oftentimes we make statements about the Lord and say, the Lord is my shepherd. But I don't live like he's my shepherd. I don't really trust him like he's my shepherd. And so it becomes more lip service than really getting down into my heart. And so turn with me to John chapter 10. And we want to look a little bit in this passage here. Because it specifically deals with sheep. And I think right here, it's one of the ways this passage will bring to light. How me and you can identify our lives as sheep and Jesus is the shepherd. Now this will help us here, and for time's sake, I'm going to break John 10 into three segments today. I I encourage you to read the whole chapter of John 10, but we begin in verse 7. Then Jesus said to them again, most surely I say to them, I am the door or the gate of the sheep. No, Jesus said, I am. All who ever come before me are thieves and robbers, talking about the devil. 
But the sheep did not hear them. They did not listen to them. And then he says in verse 9 again, the second reference of I am the door. I am the door. Now it's interesting right here, that verse that says I am the door, it cross-references to John 14, 6, which says Jesus himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The only way to the Father is through the Son. And when Jesus said I am the way, the truth, and the life, he didn't say I am a way, he said I am the way. I am the truth, not a truth, but the truth. And I am the life, not a way of life. And it's interesting right here, he says the only way to the Father is through Him. And that bears witness with me. There's no other way to the, to, to the kingdom of heaven except through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's it. There's no other way. And I realize different religions will say different things, but I choose to believe the Word of God, the Bible. That Jesus is the only way. Keep reading. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. The only way I enter into eternal life is through Jesus. And so right there, he gives me a nugget how I become a sheep. How you become a sheep is to ask Jesus into your life. Where you say, Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart and I confess you not only as Lord, but I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died for me and rose for me. And then he ends in verse 9 and says, And they will go in and out and find pasture. And the phrase in and out does not mean they vacillate about being committed to Christ one moment and then outside of him the very next. Actually, this is a picture of his security and his promises in our life. That as we go through life's everyday affairs, he's Lord of our lives. Same chapter. Verse number 11. I am the good shepherd. Now Jesus identifies himself as, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. He sacrifices for the sheep. The Amplified says, he risked and he laid down his own life for the sheep. But a hireling. He who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf catches the sheep and he scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. Now this is his second reference of saying, I am the good shepherd. He's identifying himself to us again. And he goes on to say, and I know my sheep. How does he know his sheep? By every person who confesses Jesus Christ as Lord of their life, he knows you. He knows you. He's aware of you. And it says in the last part of verse 14, And I am known by my own. The Amplified says, I know and recognize my own. And my my own know and recognize me. Verse 15, as the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And when he said, I lay down my life for the sheep, remember this. He literally did that. He wasn't just saying, I'm going to do it. He did that for every one of us. And no matter how bad you've been in life, 
No matter how much sin you have, he gave his life for you. He didn't have sin. He didn't need to die for himself to become Savior. But you know what? We needed him to die for him to be our Savior. And I don't care how bad you've done in your life or even this week. He died for you. Same chapter, verse 22. Now, it was the Feast of Dedication, or Hanukkah, in Jerusalem. It was winter or late December. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then the Jews surrounded him and said to him, How long do you keep us in doubt? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. They're my credentials. They're my evidence. That I back up who I am. Verse 26. But you do not believe because you are not my sheep as I said to you. So again right here. He locates us as as sheep. Or potential sheep. Do I believe in Jesus? See a question to me and you right now. Do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe that he died for you? That he's the son of God? And it didn't say, does your grandmother believe? Does your mom and dad believe? It's specifically, do you believe? And we reference back to John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that whosoever believeth in him shall have everlasting life. And so it comes down here to be identified as sheep i got to make Jesus Lord of my life. Now, it gives us some great insight here in verse 27. My sheep hear my voice. So, one, i got to be born again. But number two, one of the way I identify my life is my sheep hear my voice. How do you hear the voice of the Lord Jesus? i got to learn to spend time with Him. And I believe this is the start of 2017 for every one of us in this room. And so in my own life, I take time to get into the presence of the Lord. And I go to a place where I have no interruptions in my life. No TV. No cell phone. Nothing. I don't even like people to be around. And I sit before the Lord and I get real quiet. And I get real still. And after I've been real still for about one minute, my body freaks out. You know why? Because we're all so used to being entertained. We're so used to having activity or noise. And so it becomes a discipline to say, Father God, I just want to sit here in your presence. I just want to hear your voice. And the only way the sheep knows the shepherd's voice Is to get around him. In other words. The sheep will smell like the shepherd. And he says very next. Not only do I want you to hear my voice. But he said I want you to follow me. My desire is to follow me. And so to follow him. It means to obey him. Which ultimately means. I've got to surrender to him. So I look at everything that Jesus tells us here in John 10. 10. He says, or John 10, we've got to be born again. I've got to give my life to him. But once I become a sheep, his desire is that we hear him. And that we follow him. John 10, 10. 
Says the thief, the devil comes not but to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come to give the sheep life and that more abundantly. Thank the Lord. And so when we look at this, turn back with me to to, uh, Psalm 23. As we look at this, who's your shepherd today? Who's your shepherd? See, many times in life we look at our shepherd. It, it can be our moms and dads. That's not a bad thing. Sometimes our shepherd becomes our spouse. Sometimes our shepherd becomes our pastor. Sometimes our shepherd becomes our best friend. And people are important in our life. But the problem is that sheep can never become our shepherd because sheep are sheep too. So Jesus is saying, I want to be your shepherd. I want you to come to a place in your life where you become dependent on me. Where you begin to look to me. But any time that people have become my shepherd, I'm going to get messed up. Because people aren't designed to lead, they're designed to follow. Now let me share this incredible, incredible story that this happened just in the last couple months or year, I believe. There's a man who goes to Israel. And he said he literally got to see modern day shepherds at work. And so he goes out into this field with this shepherd. And there all the sheep are and they're grazing. And he said it's not uncommon for a shepherd in Israel right now to have 1,500 sheep. And he said so all the sheep are grazing and they're eating. And he said, this shepherd will make one distinct sound, whether it was a whistle, whether it was something like, yip. And he said, the minute he would do that, all of their heads would rise up and look. They understood his voice. They knew that distinct sound. And then the shepherd would begin to take off, and the sheep again, who weren't designed to lead, They begin to follow. He said it was incredible to watch what they did. And so he would lead them into this valley where there was water to give them a drink. And he said as we came into this valley, there were literally thousands of other sheep. He said 10 or 15 other shepherds would have all their sheep down there and they would all be drinking water. He said it was probably 20,000 sheep right there. And he said, but what was just a miracle? He said, I noticed one of the other shepherds get up. And he went. And he said, all his sheep would raise their head. But the other ones would keep eating. And he said, that one shepherd would begin to walk away. And here they would come following. And then another one would give a sign. And the sheep would begin to follow him. See, when I read the Lord as my shepherd, by implication, King David was saying, I'm a sheep, and I need a shepherd, and his name is Jesus. And oftentimes in our life as human beings, we don't like that admission. In our proudful ways, we say, I don't need a shepherd. I got this all together. No, you don't. No, I don't. We were designed to have a shepherd, and it's Jesus. And that's his desire for every one of us to become sheep. Back to Psalm 23. 
The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And when you look at the word want, different translations, one says, I have no need. The Lord is my shepherd and therefore I have no need. What a statement here that King David was saying. Now, let me give you this paraphrase when this was a really good one. I had to write this one down. The Lord is my mechanic. He keeps me in repair. Whoo, thank God he's my mechanic. How many of you today need an oil change? Maybe a tune-up. Maybe your full fuel pump isn't functioning perfect today. Maybe you got a headlight out. Thank God we got a mechanic who knows us better than anybody. Ooh, I, I tell you, write that one down. Let me read that to you one more time. I, the Lord is my mechanic. He keeps me in repair. So you know what King David was saying? Because the Lord is my shepherd, I'm never in want. I am never in want. So what happens to me and you as human beings when we get over a place in our life where we don't think that we have what we want, our our natural inclination as people or as sheep is, we start to complain. And I don't believe biblically the mark of sheep is to complain. But that's the flow of our society is We begin to complain and we begin to complain. And many times complainers, they want sympathy or pity from other people. They want you to feel sorry. Oh, that's so tough on that little sheep. But the truth of the matter is, we don't have our eyes on the shepherd. And when you begin to study that complaining, when it talked about the Israelites, when they were led out into the wilderness... They begin to complain. Hebrews 3.12 says, The reason they complain is because they got over into unbelief. The word unbelief means they didn't trust God, nor did they believe God. So me and you, when I have a symptom of complaining, you know what that's a result of? A lack of faith. And anytime I get over into my life and I start complaining, understand it's because I have a lack of faith in the shepherd. So when saying that right there in my own life for about six weeks, I've had two incredible complaints in my life. Where you talk about complaining, I was a champion bedwetter. I complained and I complained and I complained. And, and about three weeks ago when I was studying on this line, The Lord spoke to my heart and said, are you going to complain about this situation? Or are you going to get over here and trust me? Are you going to get over here and believe me that I am the good shepherd? And when that comes up, instead of complaining, you say, I shall not want. I shall not want. So again, I believe to many of us, if not all of us in this room, the Lord said, I want to reignite your faith. I want to stir you back up where you live this year Trusting in me. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Verse 2. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me by the still waters. And if you note all the he's in there. The he's is Jesus the good shepherd. 
And so he said, he makes me to lie down in green pasture. He leads me by the still waters. To a sheep. It doesn't get any better than that. That is paradise for a sheep. He leads me. To green pastures. By the still waters. And many times as human beings, what begins to happen in these situations is that we get so focused on the green pastures and on the still waters that we ignore the shepherd. We really like what the shepherd does for us, but we really don't have any emphasis on who he really is. And so again, he's not against me going to the green pasture or the still waters, but you know what he says? What about me? What about having a relationship with me? So when you look here and says, he leads me, or he makes me to lie down in green pastures, think about that that phrase right there. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. If I'm a sheep and I'm lying down in green pastures, you know what that means? My belly's full. I have eaten well, well, well to that day. But also to lie down in green pastures, it represents that we need rest. Now hold your place right there and go with me to the book of Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. And, and as we turn there, I want you to think as we're turning here. We live in a very hectic pace in America. We are busy, 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 busy people. We go and we go and we go. And, and when you ask people how they are, you know how most people will respond? I'm really busy or I'm really tired. And so we start the week on Monday and we run and we run and we run. But the time we get to Friday, we're wore out. We're wore out. Now watch what the Lord Jesus says here in Matthew 11 verse 28. Come to me. What an invitation. He didn't say he's going to put a... A noose around your neck and grab you and pull you. He said, come to me. You know what that is? That's humility. That's somebody who says, I, I want to come to you. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. Come to me, all you who, who are weary and overburdened. And I will give you rest. Let me ask you right now. Does that describe some of our lives? Man, I'm overburdened. I'm wore out. I'm tired. But it's interesting. Jesus said, come to me. Come to me and I'll give you rest. And then he says in verse 29, take my yoke upon you. And the word yoke there, it represents a, a harness that they would put over the shoulders of an ox. And they would hook him up with that yoke. And he would pull that heavy equipment around day after day after day. And many times that's how we feel as we go through life. I'm pulling this around day after day. But Jesus says right here, take my yoke upon you. Why? And learn from me for I am gentle and I'm lowly in heart. And I will find rest for your souls. Now when we talk about our souls, you know what that represents? My mind, my will, and my emotions. How many are wore out in your mind? One of the quickest ways to let you know that or identify that in your life is when you go to bed at night. Do you sit there and worry and worry and worry and worry and worry? And do you replay it over and over and over and over and over? 
I don't know about you, I like peace of mind. And he promises his sheep there. So you know what he's saying? Thou shalt not want for good rest. Thou shalt not want for rest for your soul. And he ends in verse 30 and says, For my yoke is easy, it's good, it's pleasant, it's suitable, it's serviceable. And my burden is light. He wants to bless us as the good shepherd. Back to Psalm 23. And we go to the next one there in verse 2. He leads me by the still waters. He leads me by the still waters. Now this is what in studying about sheep it says. That sheep are terrified by running water. They don't like running water. So because of the running water, it keeps them from going to the, the, to the lake or the river to get refreshed. But note there, Jesus said, I'll lead you by the still waters. And so he's telling them, I'm going to give you peace. In the book of Mark chapter 4, remember when the disciples were out on the ship and the ocean starts rocking and it gets really bad. And they said to the Lord Jesus, do you not care that we're about to die? Do you not care that we're about to perish? And if you'll remember in that passage, Jesus says to him, boys, you better get your life jackets out because it's getting bad. That's not what he said. You know what he said? He looked at the ocean and said, Peace, be still. See, the good shepherd says that to us too. I shall not want for peace. I welcome your peace today. And as, your, as his sheep, he desires rest. He desires peace for us. Two weeks ago, we were praying on a Tuesday night. And one of the ladies, Larica Jones, she was going through some issues. She'd been believing God for some things to take place. And they hadn't taken place exactly like she wanted. And so for several minutes that night, we, we begin to literally pray 1 Peter 5 that says, Cast all your care upon me for I care for you. Now, to cast all my care upon the Lord, that's humility. That's to say, Lord, I trust in you. Now, as sheep, this is what we normally do, even at church, when we hear, cast our care upon the Lord. Many times you'll have people in a service, when you give the altar call, this may make some of you nervous, me coming back here. It's okay. I won't bite. I showered today. So we come walking down here and we say, Lord, I'm bringing all my cares upon you. And we throw them at the altar and we go back and sit down. But when the service is dismissed, we come back by here and just real cool and calmly we pick it back up. And we take it back with us. See, when the Lord gives us an invitation to cast all our care upon Him, He means it. That's His desire for us. So we begin to pray right there that night and we were standing right here, right here. And I laid hands on Larrikin and prayed, and Vicki Lawler was here with me. Where are you at, Vicki? I know you're here. Vicki's back there. Vicki laid her hands on Larrikin, and I'm standing right here. And Vicki begins to pray the peace of God over her. Now, Philippians 4, 6 says, 
May the peace of God which surpasses all our understanding and guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. She begins to pray the peace of God and it was like a blanket, a cloak of peace came upon me. I was like, oh my gosh. The goodness of his peace. And I wore that peace that whole night. I was like, oh my gosh, that's incredible. How many have ever experienced the peace of God? Where you thought, I, I don't know how to describe this. That's a promise from the Good Shepherd. I want to give you peace. I want you to lie down in green pet. I want to lead you by the still waters no matter who you are. Now this is the last verse I'm going to go to. Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah chapter 43. Begin with me in verse 1. But now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he formed you, O Israel. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have repurchased you. Do you know in Psalms 107, it specifically tells me and you, as sheep, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. March this year and begin to say, I'm the redeemed of the Lord and I say so. And you begin to say that with a boldness. You begin to say that with your head held high. I'm the redeemed of the Lord and I say so. What does that mean that I'm the redeemed of the Lord and I say so? Galatians 3.13 says we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. The curse of the law is poverty, sickness, and death. So if I've been redeemed from poverty, that means prosperity. If I've been redeemed from death, that means life. If I've been redeemed from sickness, that means health. So what if we begin to march through this year and say, Woo, I'm the redeemed of the Lord. I walk in divine life, I walk in divine health, and I walk in divine blessings. But pastor, I can't say that. Now wait a minute. Are you a sheep? If you're a sheep, the shepherd has provided that for us. Golly, you guys had a chance to shout. I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name and you are mine. You know what that tells me? God knows you. God knows you. And he said, not only have I called you by my name, he said, you're mine. And a lot of times we go back and say, but, 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 you don't know what I've done in life. But he didn't say anything about what you've done in life. He said that when you become sheep, you're mine and I know your name. So that tells me, and he forgives us. He gives us new life and so Right here, this tells me that Jesus is still in the business of taking messes and makes miracles. Oh, happy day. Verse 2. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. You know what the message says? When you feel like you're in over your head, I'll be with you. How many of you right now, you can raise your hand or you don't have, how many feel like you're in over your head right now? I've gone through life at times and I've said I feel like I have about a half a nostril out of water. But you know what he said right there? 
I'm with you. And then he says, And through the rivers they shall not overflow you. In difficulties or rough times. Ooh, that defines me right now. And when you walk through the fire of oppression, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. Now, I read that to say, that's a promise to sheep. And we're all sheep. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.